The Mind Your Home podcast is now available on video. To watch the video associated with this episode and see any visuals that may be mentioned in the episode, follow the link in the description to the YouTube channel. You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. Hey, what is up? We are now officially in the fourth quarter of 2021, so we're at the beginning of October. I like to do monthly and quarterly financial planning and balancing, so I thought I would take you along with me for a little bit of that. Last week, I shared 15 systems that are really helping to simplify things for me, and you guys responded really well to that. And so I thought I would take you behind the scenes with me a little bit and show you areas where I'm saving money, um, some different considerations that I use for financial minimalism and to help me to keep my finances in order. This time we're talking about things that are not related to shopping. So these are areas where you can save money without necessarily shopping less. Now, if you're wanting to get some information on shopping less, I do have this other video, three methods to help you curb your shopping. Just like I am not giving parental advice when I share some of the things that I do with my family in the video last week, I'm also not really giving financial advice. I'm showing you what I do, what seems to have worked for me. I'm not giving you financial advice. We'll just leave it at that. So I need to go through and update some of my spreadsheets real quick. Some of you know, Matt and I got married in June. And of course it takes a little while to go through the process of the name changing and the form changing and all of that stuff. One thing that has saved me quite a bit is that I automate and pay annually when it makes sense. And here's why. The ones in black are my regular family home bills that I'm getting discount for and the ones in blue are my business expenses that I'm getting a discount for. You can see T-Mobile is regularly $100 but I'm getting a discount of $10 for using the auto pay. Um, My Comcast is also getting a $10 discount and then my four biggest business expenses are Tailwind, Leadpages, Teachable, and ConvertKit all of which I'm paying annually to get a discount with them. It's tallying up to $5,785 worth of annual savings, which is 19% of the total amount of all of those bills. Another thing that I do is that I use a credit card for everything. And I know that that might sound counterintuitive, but it's not. So for example, I only have two credit cards that I use, and I think Matt has one credit card that he uses. So the two credit cards that I use are my Alaska Airlines credit card and my Amazon credit card. So you probably see where I'm getting with that. That gives me 5% cash back to use at Amazon for every Amazon purchase, including Amazon Fresh. If we spend roughly $200 per week on groceries, that comes to $10,400 per year. 5% of that is $520. Not to mention, some of you may know that all of my family lives in Texas. I'm initially from Texas. That's where my parents and my family lives. So by using our Alaska credit cards, we're able to stack up the miles so that we can ideally save money in the future whenever we need to make one of those trips. The third thing that I do is that I create a separate section in my spreadsheet for the regular bills from the irregular random purchases or groceries and the things that are gonna fluctuate. So I have all of the regular monthly bills off to their own 
section here so that we can easily see if anything is deviating from the usual. And we'll fill these in here and that will tally over here. So for example, if Matt went to Safeway and he spent $50, that's gonna populate over here under his section. And if I went to Starbucks and I spent $5, that's gonna populate over here and it all gets tallied at the bottom. And then our income goes up here. So you'll notice right now it's saying that our remaining, which is what we're looking at every month to see how much is remaining for the month. Right now it's showing in the negative because I haven't put any income in. It's only calculating our bills. The reason that I recommend doing this is because you'll easily be able to see when there's a deviation from the norm inside of the regular bills section. Also, it helps us just to stay on top of what our expected finances are going to be because all of the other charges might change from month to month. We might be able to tighten them up if we need to. These are always going to be the same. Along those same lines, the fourth tip that I have is to make a call whenever those contracts end. Guess who's calling Comcast every year about the same time? And the reason that I'm able to pick up on that, of course, is because we have the bills separate and I'm looking at those all the time. Like here, you can see that in August, the amount puffed up to $87.95. And I thought, whoa, that's different. Maybe our contract or whatever has expired and the rates have gone up. Just like a simple phone call or even chat, I think I actually reached out via chat this time, got me back down to $60.91. So that's $29 of savings on a monthly basis that I was able to save just by taking a little bit of time to reach out via chat or to make a phone call and get myself back into that discount program. Don't assume that just because your discount has run up that you can't get another one. And also don't assume that grandfathered always means better. Number five is that we do, again, use Amazon Fresh. And I think that whether you're using Amazon or Fred Meyers or Safeway or whoever you're using, having your groceries delivered is going to save you money because walking around the store past all of the cookies and the chips and just the different things that pop out at you or the different sales that are going on that you weren't even considering investing in anyway, um, it's going to save you money. You're just not going to end up doing the impulse shopping that you otherwise would end up doing. We are not looking through every item that is on their website. We're usually just going to things that we previously ordered and then clicking to reorder them and restocking, which just saves you extra money. And then number six is that we use staple ingredients. We're not changing up our ingredients frequently. Now we have tons of different recipes. It's not like we're eating the same thing every night, but we are using largely the same ingredients. And so that works because we just use that all up until it's out and then order a replacement as opposed to ordering completely new ingredients for every meal that we're trying to eat. Even when you're using new recipes, find out if there's a way to replace one of the ingredients with something that you do have and that you generally use. It'll just save you extra money in your grocery shopping. Number seven is short and sweet, and that's that we only eat out once a week. We have fast food Fridays and we stick by that rule. Sometimes we'll decide to move the Friday to a different day of the week for whatever reason, but we stick by the only eating out one day a week rule and that works for us. Moving into transportation, number eight is that we batch our trips. You know how much I love batching? Well, we also batch our trips. I mean, sometimes I guess I get in the mood to just get out of the house and go do something, but for the most part, it's kind of a chore to get out and load up in the car and go do stuff. So we just batch all of our trips. If there are things that we need to go 
get from different locations, we'll do it all at once to minimize how much we're having to drive around. So that really helps to save on gas. I traded in my gas guzzling Envoy for the Mini Cooper, which uses so much less gas. So the Envoy was getting 18 miles to the gallon, sometimes 16 miles per gallon. And in 2019, I spent $1,073 on gas. Now, I was actually driving quite a bit more than two, but still that 16 to 18 miles per gallon was killing me. And you can see here that the average cost to fill my tank up from empty was around $67. So again, there are various factors that are involved here, like the fact that we just aren't driving as much, we're batching our trips, we don't have to drive distances very often. The tank on the Mini is smaller than the tank was on the Envoy. But if you look over the past 12 months, we've only spent $230 on gas, which is quite a big difference. And if you take a look at the average amount that I'm spending just to fill the tank up, it averages around $35 to $38 versus the $69 that the Envoy was costing. So I definitely do think that one of the big factors is the fact that this car is so much more gas efficient than the previous car was. Number 10 is a personal preference of mine. You may completely disagree, but I don't buy new cars. I only buy used. I've only ever bought used cars. And I think that the only situation where I would buy a new car would be if it was a Tesla or some kind of you know new cutting edge electronic vehicle that hasn't been around a while, but that has other benefits. The Mini Cooper that we bought was no exception. We bought it used. We bought it for around $13,000. And then looking at the website for the same place that we purchased that one from, buying a new Mini S Countryman, which is what we got, is starting at $31,900. So we were able to save $18,900 by purchasing it used instead of new. And honestly, I don't experience anything differently in driving it used. It only had maybe 20,000 miles on it, I wanna say. I mean, this car could last us many, many years with the eighteen dollars to $19,000 in savings. Number 11 and the last one in the transportation category is about flying. So I told you that my family lives in another state and that we have been collecting Alaska Airlines miles through our credit cards, but miles are really a long game. So if you don't have enough miles to actually pay for any of your transportation currently, then it's gonna be cheaper to look at other sources. So for example, in planning a trip to Texas, I went through Alaska, I also double checked with American Airlines, just a couple of different airlines to double check the price, right? So they all were very similar to this. For all four of us, it was going to cost $2,682. And that was with multiple layovers. I was able to find the same dates on Priceline for $1,675 nonstop. So that's saving $1,000 right there in just one trip just by doing my research. And my go-tos have always been Priceline with a backup of Expedia and with a fallback of Cheapo Air. Number 12 is that I thrift shop. It's better for the environment and it's easier on the pocketbook. I talked about this a couple of weeks back in this video on the benefits of a capsule wardrobe and I talked about how I do tend to buy the majority of my clothes from thrift shops and how fast fashion, which is so rampant and all over the place in many stores, you can watch this video to find out more, um, is just really detrimental to the environment and these clothes and textiles are running out of places to go. So not only is it good for the environment, but obviously it's going to 
to save you a lot of money because you're going to be able to buy those exact same pieces of clothing or maybe even higher quality brands at a fraction of the cost. Number 13 is that I set reminders for all trial subscriptions. I talked last week about how I set reminders for everything and it's so easy because I can talk to the Echo Dot or I can talk to my phone and just schedule reminders for things with my voice or add things to my calendar. So it doesn't really take me any extra effort to give a voice reminder the day before any trial subscriptions end. Now I might decide that I do want to purchase the subscription at the end of the trial date or I might not. But either way, I definitely want to participate in making that decision. Number 14 is that I pay attention not only to my credit, but to the factors that influence it. A lot of people will just get that automatic notification on their cell phones from their credit card company saying, you know, here's what your credit is doing right now, but they don't necessarily follow what's causing those fluctuations and changes. And credit is where you save the big bucks, right? I mean, so many people spend more money in interest rates than they do in the thing that they're buying. This is where you're gonna really end up saving tens of thousands of dollars just by number crunching and optimizing that one rating of your credit score. Now, I admit, I don't know how this works in other countries. I live in the US, so I look at the factors that are applicable to us. I assume that a lot of other countries probably use a similar system, but I'm not really sure. So the longer that you have your accounts open, actually the better it works for you. Some credit cards that I've had since I was 19 years old are still open, even though I'm not using the card. It's just because I'm getting the longevity in my credit rating from having those accounts in good standing for so many years. I use Mint to track everything. For most things, data is key. Um, you might think that you're spending all of your money on coffee. Actually, I assumed that I was spending a lot of money on Starbucks and the human being. I felt like I was going to the coffee shops quite a bit. And so I just assumed that that was going to be a really big expense on that month's bill. And it turned out that it was just such a tiny little fraction. And I was kind of shocked at how small that amount was. Nowadays, I don't really go to the coffee shops much at all. I make them all here. But you might find the same thing. You might think that you're spending a lot of money on your coffee and you might be feeling really bad about that. And looking at the data, you may see that you're actually spending significantly more money in an area that you hadn't really considered. So Mint is great about this. It gives you these really cool trending graphs. And just having that knowledge is really important for being able to make financially savvy decisions moving forward. Okay, moving into the home expenses and the finances related to your home. I hear all the time, and you probably do too, about the big three in finances, your home, your car, and your food, right? Those are the three major categories that we tend to spend the bulk of our income on. And a lot of people will say, don't even worry about the smaller amounts because the majority of your paycheck is going toward these bigger amounts. And there's a lot of truth in that. Uh, but you know, maybe you can't just leave the home that you're in, or maybe you wouldn't want to. So how are you supposed to really tweak how much you're spending in your monthly mortgage? Well, we actually recently refinanced our home over the past year and were able to save $500 a month. It did not take a lot of effort or a lot of time aside from finding an accountant to talk to because so many other people were trying to refinance at the same time. Hello, COVID, all of the interest rates dropped. But when you pay attention to what the housing interest rates are and if you can get in on a lower interest rate, you can save yourself so much money because again, the majority of what we're spending on these larger purchases is an interest. If you can drop down that interest, you're just saving yourself from throwing away tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
So we went over the course of a month from spending $500 more on our mortgage to just saving ourselves that $500. Now, the only downside to refinancing your home, of course, you can't do it all the time or you're going to end up losing money because you have to have somewhat of a down payment in most cases. But if you're able to do it, then it could save you a lot of money. Selling unused stuff. Now, I know that I talked in other videos about how that can really drag out the process of decluttering. In fact, I share in this video on how to declutter faster that foregoing selling is obviously a way that you can declutter faster. However, finding people who actually want the stuff that you're getting rid of and are willing to pay for it or even just to show up and pick it up is probably the most eco-friendly thing that you can do with your belongings because nowadays even donating them to a donation center doesn't mean that it's not going to be contributing to waste. They're getting too much stuff sometimes to be able to sell or they're not able to sell some of the items. I really enjoy using OfferUp. That's always my first place to go and I've also slowly eased into Facebook Marketplace. I was a little skeptical with Facebook Marketplace marketplace because of the little icon with your profile image. I didn't want random weirdos to be able to like find my profile and harass me or anything weird like that. I very cautious when it comes to social media. But I've actually had some success on Facebook and so far no weirdos or strange things have happened. Fingers crossed. Over the past 12 months that's come to $355. Kind of a weird thing that I just recently happened to come across and that is to do your research when it comes to pet meds. Charlie recently had an issue with her eye. She was having allergies in one of her eyes that was starting to get kind of goopy and we needed to get her some eye drops. So we took her to the vet. He ordered these eye drops and it was gonna cost $70 just for these eye drops. Within five minutes, Matt was able to find on Chewy.com the exact same eye drops for $15. Now, we went through the process of trying to order them through Chewy, and they had to call the vet to get the prescription, and some vets will not work with Chewy. Our vet was one of them. <laughs> However, when chatting with the representative from Chewy, he said, this is actually a human med too. You can order this at your local pharmacy. So we picked it up literally right around the corner, 15 minutes later from Rite Aid, for $13, $70, $13. So do your research. I would have never thought that I could get my dog's veterinary prescription from our local Rite Aid. Also in the health and wellness category are eyeglasses. I buy eyeglasses from Zenny Optical and I am astounded at the difference in cost. Now, sure, these are not name brand glasses. I don't really buy name brand anything, um, but I've had these since January of 2020 and they cost $30. So for myself, Matt, Abigail, we buy all of our glasses on Zenny Optical. I don't pay for a gym, I have in the past. Now I just use Yoga with Adrian. If you have not checked out or used Yoga with Adrian, which is right here on YouTube, it's totally free. She has like 10 million followers or subscribers. Um, it's amazing. So that's primarily what I do for fitness and it's totally free. Hopefully you get some good ideas out of this. Let me know down in the comments things that are working for you. I would love to know your top three tips and what's working really well for you when it comes to finances and I'll catch you next week.